1: This is the what do we call this thing? Oh, the Ultimate Marvel podcast. Um and that that kind of sounds like a big deal, doesn't it? Yeah. To be ultimate. Anyways, my name is Jack Sutherland. This is uh the Baron, Ronnie. Yeah. How are you, man? Uh, pretty good. Um But Ultimate sounds like a big deal. I feel like it's uh we set the bar kind of high with this name, and like it's not just a Week in Marvel or a <laughs> Marvel movie podcast. This is the ultimate one, the paterfamilias of podcasts, if you will.
0: Well, I would like to think that we're a good Marvel podcast, <laughs> but Ultimate pretty sums up like what we're going to talk about, like everything Marvel, not just comic books or TV shows or movies or Netflix yeah. stuff. So, I mean, Ultimate's like the nice neatly wrapped package
1: right who knows where we might wind up yeah we might find ourselves in the depths of the sanctum santorum yeah you never know um i'm personally kind of pumped about this podcast i don't know about you yeah but um so i was thinking about this and like the the nerdy legion crowd it seems like it's a lot of valiant fans Mm mm-hmm um, and lately seems like a lot of DC fans especially since Rebirth started but you guys got the Rebirthically podcast and now Martin's doing a Batman podcast um, oh and those that listening don't, or those that don't know us uh, you and I also do an Aftershock comics podcast which is sort of the new up and coming independent publisher right. um, but up until now from what I can tell there's like been very little Marvel talk and Marvel's like the one with the most going on, it seems like. Yeah. Um but not with, just with comics like Netflix is the shows are killing it. Uh they've kind of I guess they've sort of cornered the market on superhero movies, at least uh for the moment, although DC's kinda ramping it up also. But there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, there's tons to I'm, talk about. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to getting into it.
0: How did you start in Marvel?
1: How did I start? Um, So, my first comic that I ever bought and the first run that I, I guess I ever followed was Warlock and the Infinity Watch. Oh, wow. Did you read that? Yeah. I mean, you I did? haven't
0: read it for a while, but yeah, I, I read it back then.
1: Yeah. I'm surprised because like everybody – that came out right after the fallout of um, Infinity Gauntlet, which uh, everybody read. Right. But um, not as many people read the Infinity Watch. But um, so, but the Infinity Gauntlet was kind of a big deal back then, and this was like early '90s, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jim Starlin was writing that stuff, and he was—I mean, I think he was kind of like one of the biggest names in comics at that time. At least it seems so to me.
0: Yeah, I um, would
1: agree. And the Infinity Watch kind of spun out of that, and that was that was my first comic but oh man i guess those who aren't familiar with it like what it was all about was thanos had used the infinity gems to destroy the universe um but there was a lesser known cosmic character named ad warlock which nobody knows the die-hard fans know but most people right. don't know who that is um but he had stopped thanos and in the aftermath of that, he was kind of charged with protecting the Infinity Gems so nobody could accumulate them again and just, you know, cause all that mayhem. Um, mm-hmm. And he picked a team to help him do that, which, by the way, I don't know if you knew this, but that team was sort of the infancy stage of the, the kind of modern Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't know if you knew that or not.
0: No, I didn't.
1: Um, Yeah, uh, because it was... Uh, Warlock was the guy who oversaw it all, but uh, Gamora was in it. Um, Drax was in it. Um, you remember Moondragon? Yeah, yeah. She's not in the movie, but she was in some of the runs a few years ago with Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, and then there were some other characters that aren't with the Guardians, but like Pip the Troll was part of that. I and mean, he sometimes makes weird appearances with uh, Rocket the Raccoon, though. Anyway, so there's some talk. But I guess in a nutshell like Warlock doesn't make too many appearances anymore. Um so for me it's like it's not like if you're a Spider-Man fan and there's always <laughs> Spider-Man stuff bombarding you and right. like, keep your nostalgia up. Um like Warlock's you know seldomly making an appearance. So when he does it's kind of special to me. Like a little special treat here and there. And yeah, and I don't like I don't care how bad it is if if it, it could be the worst comic on the shelf if he's in it, I'm gonna buy it <laughs> so but how about you man what's your marvel origin story um
0: the first marvel comic i ever bought ironically was web of spider-man six and seven and i think i just loved the two covers of it <laughs> um which i just recently completed my the whole run of web of spider-man you yeah know, all, all the way from 1 to I don't even know what it is off the top of my head
1: is that like, like a that's the from the 80s yeah mid 80s
0: yeah uh, and it wasn't like I ebayed or went to amazon or midtown or my high or anything like that it was like me actually going through back issue stuff like at cons or Comic shops in different towns when we would go or whatever. So,
1: well, you I mean, had to be like what 10 years old?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Wow. Who were you going to these? Who, who was taking you? Uh,
0: my uncle. Okay. So that's actually the first Marvel one. The first, um, comic ever was a DC one, but this being the Marvel podcast, that's a different story <laughs> for a different time. But my town didn't have any, and my uncle, or uh, local comic shop and then my, my uncle's town which is like 45 minutes to an hour away i'd go there and spend summers with him and my cousins for a couple of weeks out of the summer okay and then we do little chores you know like mo or <laughs> you know dust or vacuum or you know whatever it was just and we got five and we'd get five dollars at the end of the week yeah and then, um the covers, like uh, Web, of and that Spider-Man. was
1: that was good for like two or three comics back then. Whereas yeah. now, it won't even well, buy you an event book.
0: Yeah, well, sometimes <laughs> they got me a stack if I went to the quarter bin. Yeah, you know. That's right. So, <clears throat> but uh, Webo Spider-Man number seven has the Incredible Hulk on the cover, and that was about the time when Black Spider-Man, the black-suited Spider-Man, came out. Okay, which so one? That was, Not Miles. No, not Miles. The,
1: okay.
0: When when he got the symbiote suit. Okay,
1: gotcha. Right, right. And right. So,
0: so it was actually pretty cool because I got six and seven. Well, in six, it's like um him swinging through this skyscraper type stuff of New York, and it's like um like you would see a speedster running, you know, where it's different incarnations of him. Yeah. And th- and he's in his. Traditional costume that on that cover, and then on on seven, it's Incredible Hulk, and it's preludes to the black costume. Yeah. And so me being ten or eleven or how old I was then, it was just like the covers is what got me into that. And then, like I said, over several years now, I've actually went back and completed that whole run. Oh wow. So it wasn't. With, go
1: ahead. Which how many hundreds of issues? Well,
0: I don't yeah. think it. I, I, I was trying to look because I haven't looked at it for a while, but uh, it's not as big as as like normal as you would think. I think it's a hundred and some odd. But okay. It, but it wasn't like uh, trying to go back and get amazing Spider-Man.
1: Okay, gotcha. You know,
0: just because it's web of Spider-Man, so.
1: Yeah, yeah. So is Spider Man like your your guy? Spider Man, I would say.
0: Uh, Spider Man, I would say, would be my go-to guy. Yeah, in Marvel. Okay. Because, I mean, just like you said with Warlock, if it's a crappy storyline or, you know, whatever, <laughs> I, I'm in for it. Now, yeah, I love comics in general. So, you know, I'm sure I've read worse things than some of the bad storyline stuff. So,
1: Yeah. Well, the good thing about Spider-Man is it's a big enough name that they usually put somebody decent on him. Right, yeah. Yeah, my kid's dressing up as Spider-Man for Halloween. All the kids love Spider-Man. That's, yeah. And, then, and I told you, we got a Spider-Man. Did I show you the picture?
0: Of your Halloween t- decoration?
1: We, yeah, we took a, a full-life dummy, like a life-size dummy, mm-hmm. and Bought like a full Spider Man costume and put him in that upside down Spider Man position with his legs bent, like holding onto the web in the center. And he's just kind of dangling from our porch roof.
0: That's awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, it turned out pretty cool.
0: Which you can put up Halloween decorations because you live in town, correct?
1: Yeah, why? Are you out in the country? Yeah, I see. see it.
0: Yeah, see, I'm out in the country, so. When we lived in town, I'd go, like, all out on Halloween decorations and on Christmas stuff, you know? Like the yeah. Griswold style, but...
1: <laughs> yeah, well, no, we're, like... You know, the houses are, like, ten feet apart, and there's, like, a million houses on each street, so... Yeah, a lot of, a lot of kids. Yeah. So, did you read much in the 90s?
0: Yeah, I read pretty much everything in the 90s. I mean... Uh, you know, because that, that was, like, the McFarlane run of Spider-Man. Yeah. And um, the X-Men, like, um, Executioner's Song with X-Men. Right. Wh- which, where we first get Bishop and Cable. That's a, you know, that's an iconic run, I think. That's probably one mm-hmm. of my favorite crossover events, I think.
1: yeah. I read some X Men in the '90s, and I I, I was also collecting that uh, the Wolverine run from then. Um, but for some reason, I don't have a I don't have the same connection to them like I do with Warlock for some reason. Right. Like now with this uh, <clears throat> this whole sort of Inhuman X Men feud. Right. Um. Like, well, I'll just go into it. Like there, like there's. It seems like there's a feud going on with X Men and Inhumans, and I don't mean just like Death of X thing. Right. Like even as far as market share goes and movie rights, um, a lot of older fans though seem to be kind of upset about the state of X Men. Hmm. Um. Because I think it seems like they're sort of being de-emphasized in favor of Inhumans. I don't know if you'd agree with that or not, but Inhumans are kind of seem like now they're central to a lot of the stuff like they're central to civil war they're in shield um and even now with like this whole terrigenesis thing um that cloud's going around and it's empowering and creating inhumans but it's like killing off the x-men so i've noticed a lot of people a lot of older fans um which by the way maybe i shouldn't say older because i i'm maybe i'm kind of like an older fan (laughs) i need to be looser with that word um but I don't know. They seem kind of upset with the state of the X Men because they're being deemphasized. What do you What do you make of all that?
0: Yeah, I agree with you on that. Um, and I do, and I do think it's because of the the public uh, movies rights type thing. Kind of like with the whole Fantastic Four type thing, right? Because right now there's no Fantastic Four book
1: at all, right? well yeah there's not even a Reed Richards in the universe every every time they mention him he's like where, where the heck is he at right nobody yeah. knows
0: right and everybody else is splintered off into different stuff like the things and he's the agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. now and Beast, right. Beast is within humans you know
1: Hmm.
0: so yeah. I mean I know Beast isn't a Fantastic Four member but you know Right. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot of politicking going on. To Has like, to be. and I, to me, <clears throat> I mean, I wasn't ever a huge Fantastic Four comic fan. I mean, I liked the Hickman run and and stuff like that, which is the newer stuff, you know. But right. And some of the '80s and '90s stuff I liked, but to me, it just seems like there's a hole missing you know right without them
1: yeah because they're like well that that the fantastic four is a bigger deal to me than x-men because the fantastic four seems sort of like the grandfathers of marvel in a way right um whereas i don't know for me the x-men i guess i never had a huge connection to them so i don't mind personally just kind of rolling with inhumans instead i mean there's sort of people somebody would argue with me that they're but to me they're kind of redundant anyways Like, they have their different mythos and whatnot, but I don't know. They're more or less the same concept, right?
0: Yeah, they're more or less the same concept. The only difference that I think is like, and you can look at sales charts and all that for the books, but I think inhumans were better as like guest spots in books than to like actually have their own books as to where X-Men has those longer followers I guess and and the X-Books sell better yeah but yeah because they
1: have they have that well yeah that's the pushback from all the the fans I'm talking about right right but I don't know but see Marvel has this whole uh, movie thing kind of steering the ship so it's maybe it's maybe it almost seems like there's sort of like we can Force our will on this, and do what we want to do?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, and that—I don't know. The whole thing is like, well, we're talking about the movies stuff, but even like the Shield TV show can't be with the Netflix TV show, can't be with the MCU. You know what I mean? Besides, without like referencing it and whatnot, yeah, because now they're creatively owned by two different branches of Marvel. You know? Right. So...
1: Now, is that a more of a legal thing, or is that just, uh, as far as planning, they're not... It's more complicated now.
0: Yeah, it's more complicated now. There's more layers to it, but... Yeah. I mean, what... The bottom line is basically... Um... What's his name? Kevin Feige? Right? Or Feige? Mm-hmm. Um... And the other guy that did the Marvel TV stuff, I can't ever remember his name, but like they didn't agree on the creative way that they were going, so then they don't like each other or don't want to work with each other, so then they just basically split off. Yeah. So like in a Netflix series like Luke Cage, for example, that we'll talk about here in a little bit, but like they don't ever mention Captain America or Iron Man or Hulk by name, they just reference the event or the incident right. that happened you know
1: they meant they've all sort of played off of the sokovia accord so right right yeah yeah that kind of sucks too because to me that's that's what that's one of the things marvel's doing really well right now is creating that shared universe but within the sort of cinematic uh framework which as far as i can remember has never happened before at right, least not yeah. to this extent
0: yeah it's I mean there's some things that you like better than others, obviously, you know. I mean, for me, you know, one of the movies might be just okay and then another movie's awesome, but I mean if you look at the whole grand scheme of things, you know, I didn't have this stuff when I was a kid. You know. Yeah. I had Oh no.
1: Not at I, all.
0: I had Spider Man and Friends, you know. <laughs> right. I had the cartoon and you know. Yeah. So it's all and- cool.
1: It's just yeah, and then even when the movies did start coming out, it took them a while to really get it right. right. Like I think Marvel sort of found a f- formula. Yeah, right. I mean, even if you don't love the stuff, or maybe you lean towards DC, I mean, you should be able to at least tell that okay, they've they've figured out a formula for creating movies that people like and enjoy and and want to go see. Right. Whereas that that wasn't always the case. Always the case. It was sort of like you'd have a you know a great superhero movie and then like two or three
0: crappy ones yeah I agree and I and I think I don't know how you are per se but like for me it's like there's so much comic goodness coming out for all different things and not just the the DC versus Marvel or you know Valiant versus Aftershock or Image versus whoever you know what I'm saying it's like it's all there and it's and i don't like getting into conversations where it's like dc fanboys versus marvel fanboys because right i mean it's just
1: it's pointless
0: you know what i'm saying because yeah. you're not going to change their mind they're not going to change the other person's mind so right
1: what's the point and, and it's seldomly talked about from a like unbiased perspective Anyway, it's just somebody who reads all of one and not the other right, or very right. little of the other and just happens to like those characters because they grew up with them or whatever.
0: Right. Which, I I mean, there might be more of us than we know, but, like, for you and me, I mean, we read everything pretty much, or from everybody, so it's not just strictly hardcore Marvel, hardcore DC, hardcore whatever, and so, you know, we can appreciate the things that Marvel's doing right, we can appreciate the things that DC's doing right, and the whole nine yards, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Instead of where we're just tunnel visioned looking and i like, well, that's stupid because that's stupid,
1: you know. Right. Now, but since you did bring up the Marvel DC thing, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I wonder. Well, I wanted to ask you what like what your c- f- current favorite titles are, okay. but um, but you mentioned that and I do think that I have noticed that like first of all, uh, as far as current Marvel titles, Civil War's out, right, which everybody knows about if you're right. following Marvel, right, um, and it's been in my opinion a, a solid event I mean I think the story's well written and the, the art's great but it's been like overshadowed by Rebirth in my opinion because yeah. it, it started right about the same time and, and you know Rebirth has been has been great for comics they've sort of reinvented themselves and got you know built up their interest but it happened right at the same time as Civil War and I feel like it's just kind of completely been overshadowed
0: yeah I agree on all accounts really Like, you take a, like, um, I'm sure back in the day, maybe not, like, in the 80s and 90s, but maybe in the later 90s, early 2000s, like, it was always Marvel winning the punches, you know? And now it's kind of flipped the script a little bit. And, And you know, just as well as I do, like, competition brings out the best of everything.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: And so... It's kind of good to see that again, to where, that, right. and that's why we're getting so many good books across the board. Um, yeah. Now, does DC have more uh, better books than Marvel does at this point? It just depends on. I mean, that's a personal opinion, really.
1: Right. Um. Uh, well, they're now they're doing. So it's 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 hard for me to even compare the two. Mm-hmm. because, and I've talked about this like on the Slack channel, we've gone into this a lot but um, DC's still kind of doing the, the thing that's always worked which is, you got your main at least this is my perspective they have their main characters, you got Superman and Wonder Woman and, and Batman and, and those were the first Rebirth books that came out, and they're sort of that's sort of like their heavy hitters right, That's right. that's what's driving everything and and The diehard fans buy other stuff, but everybody on the fence will get those big name characters. Whereas Marvel, like we just mentioned, like the Fantastic Four isn't even a thing. Like the X Men are dying off. Um, There's no like mainstream Avengers book. Um, There's sort there's a Captain America book, but it's you know it's kind of okay. It seems like the best Marvel stuff is like these outlier or these uh, uh sort of. Characters that nobody knows of. These fringe characters, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Like B like list characters, say. Right. Yeah. 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 And like, It's like that whole you know, all new Marvel thing where they're trying to and they're creating characters too, like Iron Man all of a sudden, uh what's her name? Riri.
0: Riri, yeah.
1: Yeah, so it's a, like a sixteen year old girl's taking over the mantle of Iron Man, which is is sounds unusual, but
0: on one aspect and then Doom's taking over on a different
1: Right.
0: you know, so, which is continuity, and which isn't, Yeah. which, and, I mean, if you think about it, like, like we talked about there, like, if Marvel wanted to print, like, a hundred different books, and, of course, you know, you got your slapstick that came out with Fred Van Linty, and then, you know, you have your um, Squirrel Girl, and, you know, you have Deadpool and all that. And I understand, like, trying to expand the, to the new readers or to just the moviegoer readers or whatever, you know, Marvel's got that money to where they can do, like, 40 books yeah. for the little kids or, you know, the, <laughs> right. you know what I'm saying, like, Champions, for example. You yeah. know, that, that to me, it seems like it's more for the teenagers. I, yeah. I, I liked it, but it's just not one of those sink your teeth books, you know?
1: Sure sure
0: Uh, now as to where like with the other 20 books or whatever can be like your hardcore books like um, not not hardcore as in like adult and dark and gritty but like you know Tony Stark as Iron Man Rogers as Captain America like we had him in the 80s and 90s you know Peter as Spider-Man right you know just have some kind of continuity there like it used to be
1: yeah yeah yeah, but I think it – I guess what I was trying to say was it makes it hard for me to compare when Tom King, for example, he's writing Batman, uh-huh. and everybody loves him writing Batman, and everybody buys Batman and expects a lot from him. But on the Marvel side, he's writing Vision, and everybody's like, oh, who's Vision? And so, it's, I mean, it's hard to make, even make that comparison. It would be different if, like, okay, he was writing – you had uh, him writing I don't know, Captain America or, or Right. A but, more mainstream uh, name.
0: And and the vision sold good for Marvel. Yeah. So I mean right. I mean yeah, I understand
1: what but you're no, saying. But like, nowhere near as well as Batman.
0: Well, right, because Batman's a top tier D C right. character, right? That's right. what you're saying. Yeah. Like like what would have happened if we gave Tom King Avengers. Uh, Avengers or whatever. Right, yeah. I see what you're saying.
1: Yeah. Or Fantastic Four.
0: Yeah and i think that's that's kind of where it's almost like the state of marvel right now they don't have their five year plan or whatever like yeah. they used to right. you know like right now they're just skating by with select art or select writers and select artists yeah. as to where dc right now has some of the heavy hitter writers you know
1: yeah right Yeah, but if you, um, if people pick up books, like I wanted to mention Jeff Lemire because he's, we've talked a lot about him. Mm -hmm. Um, If you pick up his titles like Moon Knight and Old Man Logan, they're great stuff. Like I know a lot of people that, or people that tune into this are Valiant fans and um, he's writing Bloodshot Reborn, which every Valiant fan will tell you if it's not like the their favorite valiant book it's like up there at least right it's awesome yeah and he's doing he's doing you know great work for marvel also um um but he seems to be kind of like the uh would you agree that he kind of seems to be the big up-and-coming writer at marvel
0: i would say so yeah he's i would say that he's probably one of the big up-and-coming writers that they have yeah
1: and I don't know if that's their perspective or that's just because I like the way he writes, but um, it feels like Bendis is sort of steering the ship. Yeah. Or with Civil War. Yeah. And then other people are kind of doing side stuff. But now with Charles Soule and Lemire teaming up on Death of X, uh-huh. and that's going to be followed by Inhumans versus X-Men. Right. Um, I'm hoping they're sort of positioning Lemire to be more kind of front and center.
0: Yeah kind of like what they did with Jason Aaron a couple of years ago with um, was it fear itself or was Skiz- with um, oh where they gave him kind of like a mini event
1: right to yeah. do. right
0: it might have been skisism actually with x-men um, yeah to where you know he gets his legs under him type thing because you know a now he's like one of the top writers yeah. for Marvel mm-hmm. which right. <sighs> there's a lot of stuff that that he that we I read that he does and then there's some stuff that I don't just because I'm disconnected with the characters but right like Doctor Strange for example right. I don't know yeah. if you read it or not but like
1: mm-hmm. for
0: me Doctor Strange was like a one-off character when I was growing up, you know, just like, yeah. oh, well, that's cool that he's in the Defenders book or, you know, he's in a group book, but like, he has reinvented without reinventing Doctor Strange, yeah. if that makes sense, you know. It's well, just yeah, like,
1: and they also had to sort of prime it for the movie.
0: Right, right. So it's like, yeah. I, you know, that that's one of my favorite Marvel books. Right. And then, like you said, Old Man Logan and, and Moon Knight, which, you know, after you get done reading Moon Knight, you're just like, what the hell did I just read type of thing <laughs> sometimes, you know?
1: Right, right. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of this stuff, I can't I, – I wonder if the movies are sort of driving these decisions because putting – I mean, putting Jason Aaron on Doctor Strange has to be influenced by the movie coming up, I, I would think. Um and I wonder also if like putting Riri as Ironheart to kind of replace Tony Stark mm-hmm. could have something to do with Robert Downey Jr. you know his contract coming up soon and they got to make some hard decisions if they want to keep that continuity they can't just stick somebody there and it, it, to replace Tony Stark right Right um because Tony Stark I mean Robert Downey Jr. He really made that character, and in a lot of ways, he's what helped. He's one of the main things, factors that helped them launch the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think. Yeah. Um, so to just stick somebody else in there wouldn't suffice. So I wonder if maybe there's some connection where they're like, "Hey, now we can, instead of replacing him, we can just introduce this new character and find a young, up and you know, female actress." Right. And go in a different direction.
0: Yeah, I would say that that. <sighs> Has a lot to do with it too. And then, I mean, you hear both sides of the coin too, like where you hear that they're getting um, complained a lot about not having this cer- certain ethnic group, whatever it is, you know, Hispanic, yeah. African American, right. whatever. You know what People I'm like, saying?
1: Or racially diverse.
0: Yeah. And- yeah, right. So they can try to be doing that. I mean, because even they made Thor a woman, you know, so. Right. Which to me, I don't care. I don't. I mean, like, down to my core, I don't care if it's, say, Peter Parker or Miles Morales. As long as I open that book and I read an awesome story,
1: <laughs> right. I, I don't care. Huh. I mean, yeah. I, I
0: don't know your opinion about it, but, like...
1: See, I don't know. I've never really had this tested with a character that I've... Like, if, if, if Adam... I, first of all, I just love it if Adam Warlock was relevant. Right, but right. if he was and they decided to make him a female, I don't know. See? I'd, ha- I'd have to experience that.
0: Yeah. I mean, because I know there's tons of people out there that are so...
1: But if they changed his race, I don't, I don't think I would care.
0: Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's freaking comic books. We read it to escape right. from real life anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if I'm going to get that hell-bent out from... That perspective, then, right, you know, what are my values looking at the real world? You know what I'm saying? There's yeah. more things to get uh, right. upset about than,
1: yeah, what you are know? your priorities, man?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> oh man, um, so have we stalled long enough to like talk about Luke Cage?
0: Yeah, we can talk Luke Cage, that's fine.
1: That's the big news right now, right? Yeah. Um, we've stalled long enough. Somebody's probably listening and being like, man, I don't want to hear about comics. When are they going to get to Luke Cage? Yeah. That's or, what everybody's talking about.
0: Or like, okay, we're hearing comics, but please don't spoil Luke Cage because we still haven't watched it yet.
1: All right. Are we going to?
0: Um, I to? I don't think we can go into like deep spoiler territory, but i mean,
1: Yeah. We're not going to bring up that he he dies in the last episode, right?
0: Right. Or that, you know, he actually dons a yellow shirt. <laughs> oh, <right.
1: laughs> forgot about that. Um, where do you think it stacks up with uh, the other Netflix, with Daredevil and Jessica Jones? See? I... Now, have you finished it? Yeah, I finished it. Oh, okay. yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of,
0: to me, that's kind of like asking me, like,
1: which jelly bean flavor tastes the best?
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, cuz like I can tell you that I loved Daredevil season 1, but I like season 2 better. Yeah. And I thought Jessica Jones was great because it was um creativity different than Daredevil say. Yeah. And then Luke Cage was completely different than what the other two were. Right. Um, there is one thing that I'm kind of getting tired of is like the hallway fight scene <laughs> or some kind of fight scene like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it was awesome in Daredevil and it was, and, the st- and then the stairwell scene in Daredevil too right, was the, great. These
1: close, close settings.
0: Yeah. But then like, do we have to have every series have to have one of those? Yeah. You because know, we know that Iron Fist is coming out, and it's going to probably have at least one, if not, <laughs> if not multiple,
1: the Netflix trademark yeah. hallway fight. But I'm going mean, to be looking for that now. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to. <laughs> I no,
0: I I loved Luke Cage. I I thought it was great, and I saw some feedback on it, whether it was positive or negative, that it was. To African American in culture, or you know, whatever. Right. And and see, and that's just like the stupid ass mind. That
1: no, I don't. I don't. I don't know why anybody would complain about that.
0: Yeah, and if you're gonna go in looking at that, looking for that, or whatever, then of course you're gonna complain about it. You know what right. I mean?
1: Well, but it's like if they if they did that with Matt Murdock, who is a very I mean, his personality is typically like a very white character, right? Right, right, yeah. But this is Luke Cage. I mean, it's the yeah. comic historically has been way more diverse than even the show. Right, yeah. Um, I mean, they made it more modern.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I loved it. I loved being enriched into that culture. Yeah. You know, and I, I thought it brought out a lot of good stuff. That you know, if you made it too "quote unquote" white or whatever, then right. it, then it would lose some of its
1: effects. Yeah, and it would be more like, you know, Daredevil.
0: Yeah, right, exactly.
1: I mean, these, these Netflix shows already sort of have a, a, a little bit of a similar feel to them, even even though they're different concepts and different cultures and whatnot. There is sort of a, a similar sort of dark undertoning undertone to all the Netflix stuff compared to Marvel's other stuff.
0: Right, and then you're not talking about how Daredevil has red tent to, to the filming, and Jessica Jones has purple <laughs> tent, and Luke Cage has yellow tent. Right.
1: <laughs> right. Now I want to call out our our other Aftershock co-host Martin Fer- Ferretti because I don't know if you heard the podcast with him, and I don't remember who it was, but they were talking about how uh, they didn't feel like these shows were comic. Booky enough. Um him and and Daryl. Was that the one? Maybe it was maybe it was Daryl. And maybe Daryl like defended it. I can't remember. Um but you know, you you watch The Flash, right? Yeah. Um, it's a great show. But they're like jumping through portals and going to other earths and fighting all these like monster metahuman, you know, crazy people every other episode. Um and it feels a lot like a superhero comic book to me. Whereas these Marvel Netflix shows seem to be taking a more realistic approach, um, uh, almost like they've dug out this segment of the. I guess I just said realistic, talking about like bulletproof men and stuff, but, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I know what like, you're saying. Like, you, you can sort of conceptually understand the idea of a guy who's blind, but his other senses are, you know, are, like are heightened. right, right, yeah, um, and it's like marvel sort of dug out this segment of the mcu and said we're going to go in a different direction and this is going to be like maybe for adults who maybe are or aren't necessarily comic book fans right right, right yeah. and then there's like the punisher who's he's just like a dude with guns for the most part mm-hmm. um and jessica jones it sort of felt like it showcased very little of her abilities i thought right yeah um, and then in addition to that, like, you know, she was dressed in street clothes as as was Luke Cage and uh, Purple Man and all the villains. They're kind of like just normal-looking folks in suits, right? right like, I don't yeah. think Marvel wanted this to be superhero-y like their other stuff.
0: Yeah, right. Like, yeah, I, I agree. This is like the more the street-level down-to-earth
1: type stuff, really. Yeah. And I like that yeah and I like that because I can get like my dad's watching watching the Netflix stuff and he loves it right um, but you know he, if it was Spider-Man or something he he couldn't care less about
0: it <laughs> right feels more tongue-in-cheek type stuff yeah what um what was your favorite part of Luke Cage
1: oh man um my favorite part of Luke Cage without a spoiler I th- so I think my favorite part was the soundtrack, to be honest. Really? Yeah. yeah Martin, again, they like made fun of me in one of the podcasts, saying I'm like the <laughs> like the whitest guy you know. However, <laughs> right. they acknowledged that I was like into 90s hip-hop. Right. And so the whole soundtrack was like 90s hip-hop. So when like Gangstar or something comes on, it just elevates the whole viewing experience for me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's like... Uh... Like when we first got the teaser trailer for it, oh o- yeah, D- and we had ODB, you know,
1: exactly. I <laughs> mean, that
0: was like, that was like the perfect song, and then for what was going on, right? Yeah. Now, now with like Iron Fist, if we get some <laughs> zinned out music or whatever, then I would understand that too. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. But so what, was, what was your favorite part? Uh. I kind of cheated I didn't really
0: yeah you kind of you kind of did the old Martin and then avoided the question with a, with <laughs> yeah. an answer
1: yep. <laughs> I learned from, from the best
0: <laughs> um, actually I liked it when um, there's a couple things like the small little nods to everything like with Pops calling him Power Man you know just like the right. small little nod type stuff to comic book stuff
1: yeah you're good at picking out those things too they go by Um, me sometimes
0: (laughs) but like I think scene wise I think it was like when um, oh I can't remember the Asian couples diner oh yeah and like he comes in and
1: that was like and, the first major scene with him.
0: Yeah, and then like the bigger guy was like, "Man, I don't even like these dudes. I'm out." You
1: know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I awesome. mean, it was
0: like it, it was like an intense scene, and then you had that little humor part in it. You know what I'm saying to like break it up, and then it went right. back back to being real.
1: You know? Yeah, yeah, that was great.
0: And that's what I thought it did a lot was like the realism. Maybe not like real like because I've never been to Harlem I've never been to New York you know what I'm saying so like you've never
1: been to New York
0: no wow but like you know it's like one of those things where even though I'm not there and like Martin and Daryl pointed out you know that Harlem isn't that big or isn't that far away from Hell's Kitchen and Hell's Kitchen isn't that big what is portrayed you know I can kind of get by that disbelief just for this part, you know what I'm saying? As to where... Right. Because that that sets the tone for the show, really. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, if you would have told me that, that, like, Harlem was, like, a big city or whatever, you know, a big part of the city, then...
1: Did they um, have a hard... Did they think there should be more crossover because of the proximity or something? What was uh, their issue with it?
0: No, that, like um i i think that like harlem's only like one or two blocks or whatever along with like hills kitchen
1: yeah
0: and then like okay. they they mentioned gotcha. like like spanish harlem was actually like 20 30 minutes away from actual harlem but they made it seem like it was like two blocks away type thing right <clears throat> which, I, which I, I i think so it's been a while since i listened to that episode yeah. of theirs but no there's a lot of like you said like I almost think that I like the Netflix shows better than the movies sometimes yeah just because of the realism right yeah definitely and then maybe we're going to get beyond belief here with Iron Fist because you know he's like a mystic kung fu guy
1: yeah now Doctor Strange seems like it's kind of might might try to tap into some of that at least that little bit of that sort of darker aspect of the Marvel Universe the more
0: mystic part of it
1: yeah it looks like it's going to be a little bit more it's not going to be that light action comedy approach that they've taken to other stuff right it doesn't seem like it
0: it's not going to be Guardians of the Galaxy style
1: no (laughs) but I I will say like both trailers are out and uh, as crazy and like trippy as Doctor Strange looks uh huh um the trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy Two has me just has me more interested. Really, I think so. Like, so I don't know. We haven't had anything like Doctor Strange, so it might just blow my mind. But Marvel does that like action comedy thing so well, and Guardians of the Galaxy is like the epitome of that,
0: right? Which so, was their first attempt at it, though.
1: Yeah, true.
0: You know, so like where we had Winter Soldier was like the deep spy espionage type thing. True. And then what what about Ant Man? Did you like Ant Man?
1: Oh man. I liked Ant Man, but it it felt like I, I could kind of take it or leave it. Now one thing I loved about it though is my I my it was very appropriate, age appropriate for my son uh-huh. who's nine years old. Right. And he loved it. I think that was his favorite movie, he said or something. Um and I enjoyed it also. So from that aspect it was it was great. And right. and when the next one comes out he'll be pumped about it. Right. Well With I was I, just- I also took him to Batman vs Superman, and that was like I think a little bit too dark for him.
0: <laughs> okay, I could see that, kind of like, like the different tones. But I was just trying to think like Ant Man was more like the heist type movie, you know? Oh right. As to where it feels like each each Marvel movie is like different from each other, even though. It's all under the same umbrella, I guess. Yeah. And I guess that's their pitch for it, right? Is that, like, with Doctor Strange, it's going to be into the mystic part of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And sometimes it works, you know, and sometimes it doesn't.
1: Right. But, well, but they, even... they don't. They don't have that right now, so it should add a nice dimension to this cinematic universe.
0: Right. It'll be a d- dimension to that, but like, um general public wise though how will it be perceived yeah. you know what I'm saying like um, like Ant-Man was different right but it might be one of the lowest ones at the box office even though it might have been a hit you know Yeah. just because it was different than Avengers say or Guardians or yeah. whatever
1: <clears throat> well I think they need to mix it up because here, here's something I noticed like so Doctor Strange, come, Strange comes out November 4th Right. Which maybe will the next one will probably I'm sure we'll be talking about that in right. next podcast. But then after that, so Guardians of the Galaxy 2 comes out May 5th, 2017. And at that point, it seems like the Marvel Cinematic Universe like kicks into hyperspeed. And there's like a movie every literally, like about every three months if you average it out. <laughs> because there's Guardians of the Galaxy's in May 5th, then two months later, Spider Man comes out in July, and then in November. Store two months later in February, it's Black Panther, uh, then shortly after that, Avengers, then Ant Man. Like, I'm if they don't diversify it, I'm thinking people could possibly get start getting burnt out on these Marvel movies. Well, yeah, Because it's going to be back to back to back, they're going to start coming fast,
0: right? And see, and, and they can even do that with like on the Netflix side, like, right yeah. now, we're just getting right two shows a year, right? Yeah. At the spring and then in the fall, when we could get four potentially. Yeah. You know? Because there's tons of stuff that they can explore, on that side of it. Oh sure. Without well, they haven't
1: yet. even gotten to the def- they haven't gotten to defenders yet. Nobody's really teamed up. Well, I guess Jessica Jones and Luke Cage teamed up. Right. Um, but not officially. Right. Right. Yeah, and Claire's sort of uh, the ty- tying everything together.
0: Yeah, she's the Nick Fury. Right? Yeah. A better looking Nick Fury, but...
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure.
0: But, like, even, like, some things that are mentioned and other things is, like, where we can have Moon Knight in there. Or, you know, Punisher deserves his own type series. So then we can even spin off to Marvel Knights where we can introduce Blade again. Or, you know...
1: You think they'll ever tie any of this into the movies? I, I know doubt. People, it doesn't seem like they will, does it?
0: No, I mean referencing it and stuff right, right now is okay, but I mean I don't have to have my Agents of Shield on Netflix or my Netflix people on Agents of Shield or in the movies.
1: Well, really. But here's the, here's the thing, like in and this isn't a good reason to do it. Well, they, I don't. I mean, I, I don't think they're thinking this, but. The Infinity Gauntlet, which the upcoming Infinity Wars is pretty much going to be based off of the Infinity Gauntlet, which we talked about earlier. Uh-huh. And that was like a everybody event. Like everybody had to get involved in order to stop Thanos because when he collected those Infinity Gems, he was had deity-like power. Right. Um, so when they get to Infinity War, uh, some people I know have, have thought, well, maybe they'll – make a daredevil appearance or, or something
0: like it's all hands on deck type stuff.
1: Yeah. Cause it had to be, I mean, if they follow the, the, the comic script, it, it sort of had to be
0: right. Well, and then, you know, that's where we get into the crazy stuff. Like with civil war, it was kind of adjusted because they didn't, yeah. not all players were on the table. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. And that's the other thing. Adam Warlock was the main character and this is the thing that bugs me <laughs> he was the main character in Infinity Watch and he's, he's like M.I.A. So I think they're going to write him out of it
0: well we might get him in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume
1: 2 yeah that's, that's been a theory also we'll see one of the upcoming podcasts may have me really happy or really like pissed off <laughs> we'll see <laughs> one way or the other
0: yeah, and then like we were talking before, like um Deadpool, the director just yeah. split on that. So
1: Yeah. You know, that's crazy.
0: Yeah. So we'll you know, we'll see. I I think Deadpool is fun, you know. Oh yeah. I, I don't read Deadpool comics.
1: I don't either. I've never liked Deadpool, but I love the movie.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's like one of those things where, you know, I just I don't get it, I guess. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's a bad comic. Uh, it's just not a me comic. Right. But, like, yeah. I've seen that movie, like, countless times now just because
1: it's hilarious, oh, yeah. you know. It's really well done. Yeah. A comedy, I and mean, for, for me in general, comedy's hard to do in comics. I, I'm, I'm pretty critical of comics that go that route. Right.
0: And I, honestly, that's, like, the most comic-accurate comic movie. Yeah, almost, you know.
1: Oh, no, for sure.
0: <laughs> but yeah. anything else you want to touch on, sir?
1: I think that's a lot, man. We went over a lot of stuff. All right. That, but that's what you have to do on an ultimate podcast, right?
0: That's right. Got to yeah. load it up. You got to load it up.
1: So, well, how do they contact us?
0: How do they contact us? We will be. You can send comments or whatever to hello at nerdy legion with ultimate marvel podcast as the subject. There you go. Um, you can reach Jack on the Twitter machine, right? Yep. Which is at Jack Sutherland. Yep. And I'm on there with at rombar 316 Mm-hmm. And are we doing this like every two weeks? Or are we doing it every month? What are we gonna do?
1: We said every month, but I guess we can kind of see how it goes.
0: Just play it by ear, like yeah. See what we're
1: excited about.
0: Okay. Because, like you said, with Marvel stuff, there's like tons of stuff coming out down the pipe all the time. So.
1: Yeah, and I think when Doctor Strange comes out, we'll probably be itching to do something before it's actually a month out. Yeah. Right. And hey, they can also catch us on the AfterShock Central podcast. That's right. Yep. If somebody wants to learn more about AfterShock. Yeah. And you can catch Ronnie on like half of the other nerdy (laughs) (laughs) podcasts.
0: Yeah, I'm on the Aftershock one, like you said. I'm also on Rebirthically. And I'm also on Off the Ropes, which is a wrestling podcast. So it's not even like nerdy. (laughs) But thanks for listening. Hope you guys liked the first episode.
1: Yeah, We, we need a slick closing line. Yeah, we do. You got you got one off the top of your head.
0: I not right now. Not since you put me on the spot.
1: Stay, <laughs> stay marvelous.
0: <laughs> stay marvelous. That, hey, that works.
1: That's, no, that was lame. <laughs> gotta gotta work on that. <laughs>